Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, in this corner, from the University of Colorado, 30 years in the ring, fighting for truth, justice, and the American way, Dan Kaplitz. You're on the Dan Kaplitz Show with Christy Burton Brown, chairman of the Colorado Republican Party. And breaking news, news stories this afternoon showing that the FBI very likely covered up the Hunter Biden scandal telling Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg in particular, tipping him off to that Russian disinformation was going to be coming. And when in reality, they already had possession of the Hunter Biden laptop and knew that that was going to come out and wanted it classified as Russian disinformation. A lot more information to be uncovered. I'm sure it will come out in the next few days as more and more is discovered about exactly how much the FBI knew, although I think that's becoming pretty clear at this point, and why Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg were so willing to just believe whatever they were told. Uh, Ryan and I were talking the first hour about how too many people just, oh, I mean, the government, FBI, they're they're telling me something. I'm just going to believe it and go with it, not question anything. And in my view, part of being an American is... Certainly respecting authority, we very much believe in supporting law enforcement, respecting the structure of government, but you can't, you know, ignore the reality that some people in those institutions, in those organizations or in government can be corrupt and completely lean into corruption for their own means. And so we should question things. We should be willing to find out what's really going on. And that's not what Mark Zuckerberg did. Let's actually play some clips Uh, from Mark Zuckerberg. He was talking to Joe Rogan specifically. Here we go. How do you guys handle things when they're a a big news item that's controversial? Like there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story, the New York Post. Yeah, we had that too. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well? So we took a different path than Twitter um, I mean, basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, uh, some, some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like, you should be on high alert. There was the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of, um, uh, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. And recall that in the 2016 election, that is when the FBI actually worked with Hillary Clinton on the Steele dossier and tried to prevent Trump from getting in office at that point, too. And just to make it extremely clear, in my opinion, this has absolutely zero to do with Donald Trump, with with Joe Biden, with any particular political figure or current or former elected official. Nothing to do with that. Don't care who we're talking about. What we're talking about is a... American institution, the FBI, who is supposed to pursue justice and stamp out corruption, instead 
very, very arguably being a key part of it. And Fox News, all the stations all over this right now, but asking the question on if did the FBI help rig the 2020 election for Joe Biden? And again, let's get to definitions. What does rig mean? Are we once again talking about, oh my goodness, all this voter fraud? No, we're not. That's not what we're talking about. When we when when it's said in this kind of context, what we're talking about is did the FBI mislead the American people by stamping out information that they deserve to hear that they should have been able to access on the Internet through Google searches on Facebook, on Twitter? And did the FBI lead these social media organizations to believe it was Russian propaganda when, in fact, the FBI had possession of Hunter Biden's laptop. They had possession of this information and they they lied. Did that happen in the 2020 election? And so you can call in 855-405-8255. Give your perspective, give your thoughts on this breaking story. I'm Christy Burton Brown, chairman of the Colorado Republican Party. Uh, While people are calling in, let's go ahead and listen to more from Mark Zuckerberg explaining what happened. Our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said, you can't share this at all. Um, We didn't do that. What we do is we have, um, if something is reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation, we we also have this third-party fact-checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. And for the, I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being, um, being determined whether it was false, um, the distribution on Facebook was decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. So you could still share it. You could still consume it. So you could share it and read it. But if distribution is decreased, I mean, Ryan, doesn't that kind of obviously mean you could share it, but it just kind of goes out into space and people aren't seeing it? He's trying to <laughs> basically equivocate and say, well, well, look, we weren't as bad as Twitter. Twitter right. totally <laughs> shut it down. We just kind of throttled it a little bit. But what really stands out to me yeah. as I listen back through these clips, KBB, and like you said, this is breaking today, is that Mark Zuckerberg never thinks, never ponders for a moment to question the FBI. And right. that their motives here might not have been pure, that they may not, may not have been above board. Because like you said, if you just trace the timeline, mm-hmm. the computer shop owner, the poor guy, and this guy got terrorized. I oh, might my add. goodness. No he, joke. He has this laptop that was never claimed. It's Hunter Biden's. He determines it is. Uh-huh. He's, he's like, whoa, I'm sitting on a landmine <laughs> here. He really thought <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of weird stuff on here. I don't know what to do with it. Uh-huh. So he did the right thing as an American citizen. And what did he do? He turned it over to authorities and the FBI. And then the FBI told him to keep his mouth shut. Yep. And the FBI had the laptop. And with the laptop in their possession, then goes to Mark Zuckerberg and says, oh, hey, uh, Mark, uh, here's the deal. Um, you know, we had a lot of Russian disinformation in the last election. We don't want that to happen again. Just kind of be on the lookout, won't you? Because yeah. there might be some coming along. And lo and behold, a couple of days after that, here's the Hunter Biden laptop yep. story. Yep. And, and super I disturbing. For a guy as smart as Mark Zuckerberg to not be able to connect the dots here and go, wow, I just got played. I got played. Right. And they don't even get into that in this conversation with Uh Joe Rogan. You got played, man. No, I mean, that's exactly what happened. And let's go to the lines. We have David from Boulder calling into the Dan Kaplan show. Welcome, David. It's always great when you're uh, the guest host, Christy. Oh, thank you. Thanks for thanks for listening. Um, The whole last minute laptop issue reminds me of uh, Representative Andrew Weiner's laptop that made its uh, appearance in the last week of the campaign in 2016. Mm. You know, same feel? Yep. 
lot of people think that actually switched that election after all the talk about uh, mishandling documents, which is sure. also obviously a very big conversation for the last month. Yes. And so uh, out of curiosity, despite the fact that it's Hunter Biden's, what bearing would that have on Joe Biden? You know, every parent has a kid that's not as good as the others. He obviously had many issues right. in his life. And obviously, whether yeah. Hunter laptops got a bad, you know, you know obviously the poor man had a lot of issues. Yes. So, no, I mean, that's a valid question. Public or not. Right. I mean, no, I think that's a valid question. I mean, I'm not one of those people who thinks that an elected official should be held by what their spouse or their child does. Like, I, I do think your family is often separate from you and what you do. But I think what this indicates is that people in charge and people are in control were worried that it would change enough people's vote to flip the margin in the presidential race. I mean, otherwise, why would you hide it? I mean, I mean, the big, uh, you know, that was the funny thing about Andrew Weiner's laptop. You know, a lot of people think that switched that election after Trump's, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, after his tape of, you know, you know, right. the, the quote unquote grabbing. So that changed everything. So, I mean, we all know the children of the rich and powerful are always the ones with the worst drug habits and, you know, terrible things like that. So we should be used to that type of thing. You know, kids with a lot of money and power and privilege. You know, that's like the oldest story ever. So, yeah, but know, hold on. I got to jump in here, David. It, and you know, as well as I do, this is not about the hookers and the blow and the other drugs that Hunter's doing. This is about the voicemail from daddy that was asking him, hey, I think you're going to be OK, despite this New York Times story about our dealings in China. This is about 10 percent for the big guy. Tony Babalinski <laughs> reinforcing that. No, no, you know that that's what this is about. This is not about Hunter Biden's proclivities I know, I really in Russia. With... I always feel bad for Christie because she's always such a reasonable Republican as far as the whole Republican What, did, what have I said that it was not true, that yeah, was not covered up in the laptop, the contents of the laptop? <laughs> Apparently nothing, Ryan. Sorry, I hear you, it's Ryan. all true. No, what, what did I just say about the contents of the laptop that the FBI was looking to cover up is not true. This has all been determined by brian stelter of cnn that yeah the hundred bit live biden laptop was real they're in the contents of it which had all the details i just cited the uh the battle kids emails and his contacts people probably have nothing to do with joe biden i mean it seems like we would have already found out i mean that's the part too i mean especially the republicans the conservatives who love law enforcement the most to all of a sudden turn their uh, backs and somehow the, the FBI is against them. I mean, what, I, and I, th- I don't think that has anything to do with what we're actually saying. The There's a giant difference in people who want to condemn law enforcement and go, like what happened in Aurora, actually attempts to burn down the police station and chain police officers in their own building. That's what happened here in Colorado. That's what liberals did. To instead say, hey, there might be some corruption in an institution that Americans should be able to trust very different equation there but david thank you for calling in we have to go to a break now appreciate your call i'm christy burton brown on the dan kaplan show we'll continue to talk about fbi mark zuckerberg and the hunter biden laptop when we come back Show. I'm Christy Burton Brown, chairman of the Colorado Republican Party, and we've been talking about the breaking news today that the FBI actually told Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook specifically that Russian propaganda would probably be coming and that they should be on alert for it while they had the Hunter Biden laptop in their possession. 
knowing what was on it, knowing the potential information about Joe Biden and how damaging it could have been to his presidential election in 2020. And instead of, you know, letting things take their course and letting information get out to the American public, they tried to tip off social media giants like Facebook about that, well, something's about to hit, but Russian propaganda came in 2016, probably coming again. And because of that, Mark Zuckerberg's explained how the distribution of these stories was throttled, in fact, by Facebook and was prevented from getting out there. And this kind of throttling of real information did, in fact, affect the 2020 election. We've been listening to some clips from Mark Zuckerberg talking to Joe Rogan about the story and kind of explaining how Facebook handled this when the FBI contacted them, saying that Russian propaganda was about to come out. So we listened to him explaining that, you know, trying to justify the throttling of the story, saying, oh, people can still share, but distribution was limited. I mean, that sort of means you're sharing into space instead of sharing with real people. (laughs) So it's not really as good as Mark Zuckerberg trying trying to say they were better than Twitter. Well, if it's either invisible on your platform or invisible in effect because you let people put it on their profile but won't let them actually get out there, it's really the same effect. Um, you can call in, by the way, while we're playing these clips, 855-405-8255 and join the conversation. But let's listen to another clip from Mark Zuckerberg. Well, if I can get it to play, we will. So when um, you say the distribution has decreased... In, it, it got shared... It, how does that work? It Basically, the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less. So fewer people saw it than would have otherwise... So it definitely by what percentage? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's 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 meaningful. Seems but like I mean, but basically, a um, a lot of people were still able to share it. We got a lot of complaints that that was the case. Um, you know, obviously this is a hyper political issue. So depending on what side of the political spectrum you either think we didn't censor it enough or censored it way too much, but right. but we weren't sort of as black and white about it as as Twitter. We just kind of thought, hey, look, if if the FBI, which you know, I still view as a legitimate institution in this country. It's a very professional law enforcement. They come to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something Then I want to take that seriously. Okay. So a couple of things in that clip. First of all, Mark Zuckerberg completely admitting that they censored it. He's, he's saying depends on which, which end of the political spectrum you're on, whether or not you think our censorship was enough or not enough. Okay. So the bottom line there is you're admitting you're, you censored it, which Facebook denied for a long time. And I think number two, the argument that the FBI is a legitimate institution. I don't think that's the real argument here. Um, of course, any law enforcement institution is a legitimate institution. We do respect law enforcement in America. That doesn't mean you can't question whether or not an organization has become so corrupt that significant changes need to be made and that what they're doing should actually be exposed. I think that is the real question here. Not are we talking about legitimate law enforcement, but are we talking about a law enforcement agency that has become so corrupt for years now because this was happening way back in 2016 and now to have proof that it was happening in 2020 as well. Um, I'm going to go to the phone lines. You can call in 855-405-8255. Let's go to Justin from Littleton. Welcome to the Dan Kaplan Show with Christy Burton-Brown. Hey, Christy, a couple of points. I think it's even worse than we originally thought. We thought originally that it was just kind of a happenstance. All the tech giants just happened to at the same time kind of ban it. But if it was pushed or forced by the FBI, that would be even worse than we thought two years ago, right? Oh, absolutely. I agree. So into that point, I mean, the FBI, they, they feel like they're even worse than the J. Edgar Hoover days. Mm. What I want to know, can the Republicans, when they get in, because they're only hope for two and a half years, 
if and when we take at least the House, yep. can they investigate Biden's finances? Can they subpoena? And does the subpoena mean anything because the Justice Department's not in their hands and they won't prosecute? Right. Well, and I think you can still get it from courts, Justin. And I know having talked to congressmen and women like around the nation who are Republicans and, and it is still believed the Republicans will absolutely take the House in November and the House committees do have the power to do those kind of investigations and, and to do them against the Biden administration, um, just like we saw the Democrats do with Trump. Um, and I don't think it should be. A, what was that? Oh, just on that point, can they bring in Tony Bobolinsky on a prime time? House congressional hearing in February 2023, just like we saw with the uh, the other committee that's going on. Yeah, I mean, I think they can. I think we'll see what they do and who they call. But I know I've definitely been told by congressmen and women across the nation they're absolutely going to be doing these kind of real investigations that the American people deserve. And I think there's so many like politically based investigations that really have no basis in reality, just one party trying to attack the other. But this, I mean, this is this would be investigating exactly what happened with a federal agency that the American people deserve to know what an arm of law enforcement actually did with social media giants when, to your point, Justin, two years ago, we thought, oh, well, the social media giants got together and decided to do this to push down information and censor it. Well, no, apparently the FBI like basically told them to do it. That is a different story. I think so. And that it seems much worse. And unfortunately, we have to say it all the time, right? You know, law enforcement, we all know police and FBI agents and stuff, but, you know, it's just probably that a quarter of the building and whatever those floors are in D.C., right? I walked by the right. FBI building, whatever it is, uh-huh. right there by the White House and stuff. But, you know, I would say probably anybody 10, 15 years or less, less senior, less than, I don't know what their ranking is, mm-hmm. but, you know, they get indoctrinated as they go up through the system, right? Then they get filtered. A true, you know, straight down the middle guy is probably not going to make it to the very top anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, it certainly points to corruption in the highest levels of the FBI. And I think that is what's concerning. Like I've said uh, earlier on the show, people are like, oh, well, does that mean Republicans don't support law enforcement? Of course not. We back the blue. We support police, especially your local police, which is mostly what's being talked about in those kind of conversations. But I think when you're talking about a D.C.-based agency of the federal government, which is what the FBI is, um, you should absolutely be able to question and find out if there's corruption there. And that's really important so we're about to go to break but justin thank you for calling in so much call in again all right thanks for being on the dan kaplan show i'm christy burton brown we're about to take a break when we come back we'll keep talking about the fbi mark zuckerberg the hunter biden laptop and also we are going to get to john kellner republican attorney general candidate he told stories real life stories about the fentanyl drug rings operating here in colorado and exactly what it's doing to kids killing them and putting their lives at risk. We'll get to that as well when we come back on The Dan Kaplan Show. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm going up
Minneapolis show. I'm Christy Burton Brown, chairman of the Colorado Republican Party. Uh, you can call in any time this last half hour of the show, 855-405-8255. We've been talking about anything from a new recall here in Colorado for a Democrat state senator to what are the Republicans' chances of taking back the state Senate to Mark Zuckerberg, the FBI, the Hunter Biden scandal to some new polls in Colorado on the governor and U.S. Senate elections. And on the line with us, we have a caller, Michael from Boulder, calling in. Welcome to the Dan Kaplan Show. Well, good afternoon, Christy. How are you doing, Ryan? Uh, doing good. It's always good to hear you, too, on the, when Dan uh, decides to wander off and sue somebody. <laughs> you're always informative and uh, and entertaining on top of it. Oh, thanks for listening. What, what do and, you have uh, for us today? Yeah, I've, uh, I'm an unaffiliated up here, and uh, uh, for the first time in my life uh, at the primary, I took a Republican ballot, and Amazingly, those who I selected were uh, selected by the majority, so uh, wow. we're off and, off and running. Good, are you going to vote for them in the general? <laughs> I'm probably not supposed to ask you that, well, but I hope you do. One more thing that I've never done in my life. I just uh, cut a $1,250 check to Heidi's uh, campaign. Wow. wow. Never contributed to one, and uh, I know Thank it's a you. pittance uh, compared to what Polis is going to dump in there, but... Uh, I figured if I don't do something, I've got no room to complain. No, and that's so important, Michael. I mean, in Colorado, we have such heavy campaign finance limitations. I mean, that's that's what you can give her as an individual. And I can guarantee you she's thrilled by it. And I think the big question this year is, can Jared Polis actually buy his election yet again? Or have Colorado voters actually had enough? And that poll that we talked I about think, earlier uh, in the show shows him uh, under 50. Yeah. What yeah, do you think? I may be Pollyannish, but uh, I think uh, I think the tide may turn. Yeah, well, I mean, especially with people like you, unaffiliated voters, never voted in our primary before and never donated to our candidates. So thank you. I'm so glad to hear from you. Well, I tell you what, I hope uh, hope you and, uh, and Heidi can pull off uh, the same thing that you and Lauren pulled off two years ago. Well, thank you. We will keep working for it, Michael, with help from people like you. I appreciate it. Excellent. Well, you guys have a great afternoon, and uh, Ryan, keep up with the music. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good to talk to you, Michael. You can bet I will, Michael. And the thing is, KBB, that is exactly the voter that Heidi and Joe O'Day need to win. That is. If unaffiliated or people that haven't donated, like Michael just said, think about that. He cut a check for $12.50 for Heidi Ganahl for this campaign. If enough of these voters come out of the woodwork that you can't measure, they weren't counting on, and they voted in the primary, and like you said, the, the, the candidates he voted for, Heidi and Joe, were the ones that emerged. If that's enough to bring a coalition of voters together that includes a large percentage yes. of unaffiliated like Michael and Boulder, mm-hmm. this is a winnable election for Republicans, and that is the path to victory. No, I agree with you, and I think one thing that both Joe and Heidi effectively did in the primary is they reached out to unaffiliated voters in Denver and in other places across the state, places that a lot of Republicans would say we should give up on and would say, oh, it's not really where to find your vote as a Republican. I mean, and Michael's from Boulder. And then Joe and Heidi reaching out to people in Denver. I think what it shows is this is not a year for Republicans or conservatives to write off anyone or any area of the state. We should be talking to soft Democrats they don't a lot of them don't like the direction of the party i mean we've been talking to them at doors actually our candidates legitimately are talking to these people and they're like you know what i might actually think about voting for you and and i mean we usually get 
I'm sorry, but Democrat door slammed in our face. Um, <laughs> that's a more typical response right. in past years, but it's not happening this year. People are like having conversations and wanting to know what's different. You and I were having this conversation before the show, Christy, and that mm. is there are people that maybe are on the fence out there. They might even lean a little left, but they're open to being convinced yep. if the Republicans will do the work, if they'll go on the road, if they'll you know shake hands and kiss babies and get to know these people and, and make that effort. We know that Heidi's doing it. Yes. We know that Joe Day is doing just that as well. And it's a similar path, I think, for these unaffiliated right. that we're seeing the migration of Hispanic voters also mm-hmm. abandoning the Usually. Democratic Party. And that's happening right here in Colorado. You can look in Pueblo for example. And I think another race to keep an eye on, and no doubt in my mind that Lauren Boebert will win re-election, but her margin in Pueblo yeah. and how that Very goes, mm-hmm. I think that could uh, play out for the rest of the state and especially in the statewide races like governor and Senate. Yeah. And I think in CD8 too, our new congressional district, that's like 38% another one. Hispanic. Yeah. Um, a lot of like working families in that district uh, who, you know, have worked in industries that the current leaders in control have shut down in Colorado, like the energy industry. So yeah, Ryan, I agree. We'll see all these margins. We'll see all these people, but super great to hear from unaffiliated Democrats or Republicans who've sat out the last few elections. I mean, there's so many different groups of people we could talk about and just get them re-engaged and get them to look for something different, which I do think we're offering. And another thing that I'm curious about, because it's almost a, it's a separate entity, Colorado. This is not a place where Donald Trump plays especially well. He doesn't have coattails here, hardly Mm -hmm. at all. There might be no. a lot of disaffected Republicans who maybe were never Trumpers, but they're they're getting the message of a Heidi Ganahl or a Joe Day. And like you said, maybe those type of voters come back to the fold as well yeah. now that Trump's not on the ballot. Yeah, I, I think that's possible. I really do. And speaking of like a Joe Day, a Heidi Ganahl, also a John Kellner running for attorney general. Another one. Uh, someone who is a huge contrast to the current incumbent, Phil Weiser, who's a professor, never tried a criminal case in his life. Uh, whereas John Kellner, before he was elected as district attorney, and I know Dan's had him on the show multiple times, but he led the cold case unit in the 18th Judicial District, which is the largest judicial district in the state, in Arapahoe County, Douglas County, Albert and Lincoln County. Over a million people are in that district. And he's solved, him and his team have solved multiple crimes that no one could solve for decades and brought justice to families. And so he was actually at an event last Sunday in Denver. There's a National Fentanyl Awareness Day which is actually very important here in Colorado because we're number two in the nation for the increase in fentanyl overdose deaths. And it is affecting high school kids and even kids as young as two and three. And it's crazy. People don't want to believe it. And we don't want to think those kind of problems exist here, but they do. And John Kellner was invited to be the keynote speaker by these families who had loved ones who died from fentanyl overdose here in Colorado. He spoke in Denver. Um, actually, the whole his whole speech is on the Colorado GOP channel on YouTube. So if you want to hear his whole speech, you should go there, listen to it. He gives examples of exactly what the drug trafficking rings are doing here in Colorado. I'm going to play a couple of clips from it because I think this is really important for parents and people across the state to know what's going on. We found over 30 kids in the Denver metro area at risk. We found 11 children that were being trafficked and preyed upon by pimps and predators. And one of the stories that stands out to me is this. There was a girl we were looking for, a teenager, trying to find her and get her some support and help. They found her outside of a shopping center, a nice neighborhood, nice area. She had just smoked fentanyl. And as the officers arrived to try to help this young lady, she starts to suffer those effects of poisoning. She had to be taken in an ambulance and given Narcan to save her life. And that's the kind of story you don't hear about. 
how fentanyl is impacting the entirety of our community across the board and how it is affecting crime. That's John Kellner, Republican candidate for attorney general, also talked about children even younger than high school age being affected by the fentanyl pouring across the border here in Colorado. Just a few months ago with the DEA, we did it again. We seized over 200,000 fentanyl pills, indicted eight more people, seized four more guns from a drug trafficking organization. People that are intent on profiting off of selling this poison. And inside these pills, among what we seized, they had a bunch of pink pills geared towards children. The DEA special agent in charge, Brian Besser, we talked about this. He said, you know what we're starting to see? Is we are starting to see flavored pills geared towards a younger audience. Again, trying to rope in kids and get them addicted to this poison. And we know what happens the longer this addiction goes on. It is Russian roulette, because one pill can kill. Again, that's John Kellner, District Attorney, running for Attorney General for the Republicans here in Colorado this year. I'm Christy Burton-Brown, in for Dan Kaplis. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll get to the phone lines. You can call in 855-405-8255 and hear more from John Kellner on exactly how they've been prosecuting these drug rings in Colorado. You've been hit by, you've been struck by a smooth the Dan Kaplan Show with Christy Burton-Brown filling in for Dan today. We have Joe from Monument who is held on the line. So, Joe, welcome to the Kaplan Show. Hey, Christy. Um, hey. I have to tell you, I, I'm i very encouraged by dumb Democrats. Um, <laughs> back, well, I, there's no other way to put it. Yeah, when you yeah. govern against the will of the people, you mm-hmm. put your job at risk. That's true. Uh, back when we had the first round of our gun laws go into effect, the magazine bans, things of that nature. Um, I live in Colorado Springs at the time, uh, not in John Morse's district, but I carried a petition and I carried it into the heart of the enemy territory. Okay. And I got wow. Democrats in Manitou mm-hmm. to sign a petition to recall John Morse because oh, yeah. he was going against the will of people. He was. And Pueblo, mm-hmm. holy moly, you know, people think Pueblo is some hardcore Union Democrat stronghold, but Pueblo... Blue collar Pueblo got so many people to recall Angela Harone. That's true. You know, so when Democrats go and give away college money, I mean, those of us who went to college and paid our loans, we're going to queue up and say, where's our money, right? Right. And I they're going to laugh yeah. in our face. <laughs> right. I mean, if you were one of those people who worked hard to pay it off, now you get to work hard to pay off someone else's, which doesn't. Yeah. And, and I have a <laughs> son fair. that. That graduated and just last year, mm-hmm. after busting his butt and putting in all the extra overtime, yeah. paid off his loans. Mm-hmm. Proudest can be of the kid. He oh, did. Yeah. He's like, I incurred the debt. I'm paying it off. Absolutely. And it just these guys are putting their jobs in peril, and I really hope it pays off. And people get out and and just said, we've had enough of this crap. Absolutely. And and Joe, I think it's going to come down to whether or not our candidates and our people really go to the doors and have those conversations like you did when you carried those petitions and like people did in Pueblo. It's when you actually talk to people about the issues and how they're not being served by the people they elected, people do want something different because they're feeling it. But I think they need that help connecting it sometimes. So thanks for doing that all those years ago and hope you are um, also engaged this year and really appreciate you calling. You bet. All right. Thanks, Joe from Monument. Good to have you on the show. 
So I'm Chris Burton Brown, chairman of the Colorado Republican Party. In the last segment, we were listening to John Kellner, Republican attorney general candidate at a fentanyl awareness prevention day in Denver on Sunday, where he was the keynote speaker talking about how in his office as the district attorney, they've been prosecuting fentanyl drug dealers who are specifically targeting kids. So we have enough time for you to hear a couple of those stories. I think it's really important to know exactly why this issue of fentanyl and crime matters so much here in Colorado. In the courtroom, my team in the 18th Judicial District, we're doing what nobody else has done before. We took one of the very first cases to trial where we prosecuted a guy who gave fentanyl pills to a 16-year-old girl. He had these kids come over, a bunch of teenage girls, offering them a, a good time, gave them alcohol, gave them fentanyl pills. Now, they didn't know what they were taking. And as one of these 16-year-old girls starts to be affected starts to have that overdose from the poison. She's lying on a couch. He sees it and he does nothing. Doesn't pick up the phone, doesn't call 911, doesn't help her in any way. That girl died. We prosecuted him. He was convicted for manslaughter. He was convicted for sexual assault on a child, for distributing drugs like fentanyl, and sentenced to 64 years in prison. That is what the dealers deserve. And that's exactly what the drug dealers across Colorado deserve is real sentences that penalize them. And instead, as as John Kellner went on to explain at this event where he was speaking in Denver uh, with families who have members who had died from fentanyl overdose here in Colorado, that is not what the current legislature did. They did not crack down on the drug dealers. Instead, they lowered uh, in Colorado in 2019. They passed a bill saying you could carry four grams of fentanyl and it wouldn't be a felony, which could kill 2,000 people. Well, last session, they changed it to, okay, well, you can carry a gram. And once you hit a gram, now it's a felony. That can still kill 500 people. And all the dealers have to do is change what they do and how they do it. And district attorneys like John Kellner, law enforcement, police came in and said to the legislature, this doesn't solve the problem. And yet that is what the Democrats had charged did anyway. It was very close to a party line, party line vote decriminalizing fentanyl and not solving the problem. And so I think we're going to play one more clip from John Kellner, just promising what they can do to be different if he's in charge as attorney general. We're going to make some changes in Colorado, folks. Bottom line is this. We are not going to cede Colorado to the dealers and the people that are poisoning our kids. We are going to fight back. Together, we are going to get this done. Thank you all so much. And I think that's specifically what this election in November is going to come down to for so many Coloradans, especially our suburban voters who live in the communities where crime is creeping in and drugs are showing up at their kids' school. If you are tired of that, if you want a change, if you want drug dealers to be held accountable, we're going to have to vote for different people in charge. We're going to have to make a change at the top. We can't want change and be afraid for our kids and be afraid for their friends and win these flavored fentanyl pills that John Kellner talked about earlier and pills that, I mean, he actually told a story I wasn't able to play today, but where a three-year-old child got a hold of a pill that a drug dealer had laying around and it looked like a jelly bean. It was a blue pill and the three-year-old child ate it. And thankfully the police showed up just in time to be able to give him Narcan and and he was treated in the hospital. It took five doses of Narcan, I believe, for this three-year-old child to actually survive and um, the 18th Judicial District was able to prosecute him as well. And he was also convicted of drug dealing and exposing children to drugs. 
But there's so many of these people out there that are not being held accountable because not every judicial district in the state is like the 18th judicial district. Not everyone has a district attorney who's cracking down on the drug dealers. And we absolutely, without question, do not have an attorney general right now who's cracking down on the drug dealers and doing whatever it takes to stop the flow of fentanyl here in Colorado. Instead, Phil Weiser, current attorney general, wrote an amicus brief uh, in Pennsylvania supporting drug injection sites. That's what he did. And Colorado, under his leadership, not only is number two in the nation for an increase in fentanyl overdose deaths, we're also number one in the nation for cocaine use. That just came out a week ago. So drugs are rampant under the current control if we want to change. In my view, we've got to elect people like John Kellner, a prosecutor who can actually crack down on the drug dealers. I'm Christy Burton-Brown. Thanks for being on The Dan Kaplan Show today. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.